spiritual things happen when Christians stand elbow to elbow, breathe the same air, join our voices in song, hear the same sermon, and partake of one bread. You look around and you think, I'm not alone in this faith. What might we do together? This is the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermillion and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? Britton, this is one of those days that if my head was not attached to my body, <laughs> I think I would forget it at home. I'm right there with you, man. You're right there? Yeah. Well, we just came off a great two and a half days of being catered to. Oh, right? yeah. I didn't have to remember anything. We just came back from the UP, but I think that drive took it out of me. Yeah. I don't know if it was driving with an unknown subject that doesn't like being named on the podcast. Don't don't Bill, say his name because then we'll never hear the end of it. Bill Stone. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, there it was. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot my laptop Did he sing a lot? Oh, yeah. Songs I've never heard before. Yeah. Old man songs. Old man songs. Yeah. Old church. Man, when I rode to the UP with him one time, he just sang... <laughs> And he gets that tenor, and and he starts, and yeah. But for me, I was driving when he did it. I I noticed that he was driving. Was he singing while driving? Oh, yeah. Oh, did that scare you? No. It was actually kind of entertaining, I guess. I don't know. But it was funny. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, but we were up there hunting. Yep. Hunting. 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 Wattail Durr. Wattail Durr. Benji Vermilia laid the smack down on Fat Doe. Yeah, he's in the Wackadoe Club. Yeah. It was the last night of rifle, and we, no one had taken one, and so Benjamin Forrest Edison Vermilia. That's a name. Yeah, that's a name. He dropped that dough yeah, he like it was his job. Shot her in the heart. Yeah. Love it. If you think that's wrong, it's probably isn't the podcast for you. So It's probably uh, not, because the good Lord said, in his word, kill and eat. Yeah. And I've been shall. focusing on the latter, so now it's time to start focusing <laughs> on the What the are we talking one. about so, today, man? Uh, today... Um, I think it's a good topic to talk about as we kind of come into the Christmas season, and uh, I think family. This is a time when families start really looking at, hey, like maybe we need to go to church this year, whether it be for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. But it's it's a time where kind of there's excitement, the birth of Jesus, all this stuff, and so felt like it would be a good time to talk about why people go to church, why they should go to church. Um, I don't even want to use the word back mm-hmm. because I think that. It's really easy to look at like, well, all these people used to come here, but I think just kind of relaunching into this thing of why people need to gather together as a church, as a body, worshiping Jesus, worshiping God, this whole picture that is what is laid out for us in scripture. And so I think today was a great day to talk about that. And uh, so, yeah, that's why we're here. Kind of why the body of Christ is essential is what this boils down to. So, yeah. So according to research, um, and I get sent these numbers all the time, that the same percent of our national population has gone to church for the last 70 years. I know there's always somebody who's like, oh, the sky is falling, no one's going to church anymore. It's not true. The same percent of our population, roughly, has been going to church for the last 70 years. But it doesn't match the number of people who say that they are Christians or follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So this means simply, and I'm not going to throw a bunch of numbers at you, there are tens of millions of Christians in America that don't participate in church. They're not actively participating. Mm-hmm. They might go Christmas and Easter, also known as Creasters, <laughs> right? Um, they might occasionally attend. They might attend, you know, if they need a little pick-me-up, or when they're visiting their parents, but they call themselves Christians, but they don't see church attendance as important. Mm. And then when you start, uh, you know, now the 
kind of the in vogue or the popular thing, especially among younger Christians, yeah. is to start talking about church hurt. Yeah. Right. So then we're we're mounting the reasons why we shouldn't be a part of church, and it, I think this is perfect because the tabernacle is going to be a church that says no. You know what? Attending church is important. Yeah. And this podcast, we're going to break down some of the reasons why. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think too, just to even start, the first thing that comes to mind as you're sharing that is there are people that would identify themselves as Christians but wouldn't say that they are actively participating in the body of Christ. And I would really challenge those people um, blatantly. Do you actually know what it means to be a Christian? Or uh, I like the, I like Tim's uh, speaking to this of being a follower of Jesus. Right. Because I think the term Christian is one that has over time been watered down and it's just kind of a, almost a juke move, if you will, to okay. people that are trying to talk about religion or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm a Christian, right? But no, I think there's a key to this, that if you are identifying yourself as a Christian or, or a follower of Jesus, going to church is not an option. It is not an, it's not, it's, that's not the way this works. It's not a, or it's not optional. Yeah. It's not optional. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, well, sometimes, you know, creaster or whatever that is, or, you know, when we're feeling it, but things get busy, kids, sports start picking up or, you know, I, I get all the reasons I've heard them all, but I I read a pandemic. Yeah. pandemic, Pandemic, all the stuff. Well, we watch it. Yeah. Right. And this isn't meant to be, I I loved that you said this before, because it was a good reminder to me. This isn't meant to be snarky or to feel like we're attacking anyone, but I'm, I think it's very um, necessary that we speak clearly and honestly to the fact that gathering as a church body is very important. Um, It's, I would say of utmost importance for somebody that calls themselves a follower of Jesus, because it's the only way to actively be a part of the mission. This was Jesus's plan. This wasn't our idea. This wasn't John and Tim 18 years ago deciding like, you know what? We're going to do a church that meets every week. And you know, oh, okay, here's what we're going to do at that church. We'll worship. Oh, good idea, John. <laughs> and then Tim's like, hey, what if we did snacks and we'll call yeah. it communion? It's like, oh, Tim, great idea. No, no, this wasn't our idea. And let's pass a plate to pay for expenses. Right. Yeah, let's let's give, let's baptize people. Oh, I like that. And it's like, no, this was all, this is Jesus's idea. And so if you identify yourself as a Christian or a follower of Jesus, a part of that is being a part of his idea. And so that's kind of where we, that's kind of the riff to yep. start. You know? Yeah. So. And, you know, there, there there's a bunny trail that maybe we can make a different podcast is there's a lot of people, their reason for not attending church, let's just get this one out of the way is they just don't like church or, you know, they bash church or, you know, they do have, I mean, you were being sarcastic, but they do have that idea that look, this is just, uh, uh, you know, churches get it wrong. Yeah. Well, not all churches get it wrong. And furthermore, um, the church is the bride of Christ. That's what the Bible says. And there's a lot of people that take a lot of time bashing on Jesus' bride. Mm. Instead of trying to be a part of it and make it better, they want to bash on Jesus' bride. Well, I'm married and you're about to be. Yeah. Someone comes bashing on your fiance, your bride. Uh, someone's bashing on my wife. We're going we're gonna to have words or as... We're going to throw hands, as the kids <laughs> say, right? You know? Yeah, you see how I, I did that? I did. That was good. Um, yeah, and I think it's important, too, because in the midst of all of that, of bashing on the church or even church hurt, which is something that I've experienced and that I've had to work through. I'm a part of that generation, right? But uh, I think something that I had to realize and that you have to realize on your own, it's not—I mean, you we can say it till we're blue in the face, but 
It's not about you. It's not. It wasn't about me. As I'm sitting in my my house in Oklahoma thinking of all the ways church should be different. Right. And this is what they did wrong. And then I get the clean old rebuke as I'm reading scripture. It isn't about you, man. Yeah. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, I was the problem. And it wasn't my, it was more or less my mindset as I was walking in. I don't know how many people show up to church with the goal of I'm going to find something wrong today. That's right. I didn't really I'm gonna like be critical. Yeah. I'm going to find the thing that offends me yep. because I want to see how I can get out of this. Exactly. A hundred percent. And they show up looking for their way out on their way in. Right. Which door am I going to come out so I can get out early? Right. Yeah. This whole thing. And I, I loved uh, there was a video that I watched not too long ago. And uh, this lady was presenting this idea that when we approach church that way, what we're doing is we're making ourselves the main character of our story. Right. But I think a rephrase or a refocus needs to be the fact that we are a part of a bigger story and the main character is Christ. Right. And our desire and our goal in that is just to be the little compliment characters. We're just kind of a part of it. Yeah, we're just part of the supporting cast. Yeah, we're, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. supporting cast. Yeah. And so, but when you show up with that idea in mind, and it's like, oh, why are they singing these songs? Because he's the main character. Why do they talk about this? Why are they just reading the Bible? Because he's the main character. he's the main character. That's why real good. Why isn't yeah. this meeting my preferences? Oh, because it's not about me. Hmm. And, and I think, too, like our church does it. Our goal is for people to feel comfortable to provide a distraction-free environment where people can sit and hear the Word of God in, a, in an environment where they feel like they're a part of something. The, the thing isn't come in and get over yourself, right? Like, no, we, like our goal is to make people feel like they're a part of something that looks like them. There's a reason that we have a quote-unquote aesthetic, right? It's not, I'm not crapping on all that stuff. Right. But there's a perspective in the midst of all of this that at the end of the day, if it isn't Christ alone, it probably isn't right. It's probably not yeah. right. So. so here's the first reason that you and I us, we, if you call yourself a Christian, should attend church, is because God says so in his word. And we probably don't need any more reason than that. Yeah, so that... Right? So so let me read Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another... And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. So it says right in verse 25, as the way I memorized it, do not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because I'm hoping that some are in the habit of neglecting church or listening mm. so you can be reminded of what God's word said. So this is aimed at you. Yeah. This is, this is God talking though, not me. <laughs> yeah. Do not stop meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing. But on either side of it, it explains the why. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm. If I'm out there, Lone Ranger Christian, if I'm never in church, or if I'm, oh, this is what you were touching on before. If I'm coming to church because you can come to church and keep everybody at arm's length. No one knows your name. You don't get involved. You don't do anything. You don't come to anything extra. You just come when it's convenient. How are you ever able to be stirred up to love and good works? Well, listen to the sermon. Mm. Man, that... (laughs) That's real thin compared to someone that knows your name that can stir you up or you can stir them up to love and good works. And then uh, it says afterwards, after the not neglecting to meet together, some of the habit, or as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And it says all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. Now, what I want to say about that, it says the day and in the ESV, the day is capitalized. 
what is the day? He's talking apocalyptic talk. <laughs> He's talking like the end of all things. He's right. talking Jesus on a white horse, Revelation 19, you know, the rapture. Let's argue about all that yeah. stuff, you know, post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, whatever. But everyone feels, especially in these last two years, with all the riots and the unrest and the and the pandemic, you know what the number one thing I was asked? You know, people were like, do you think, John, in all of your wisdom, <laughs> that it's the end is near. <laughs> and I said, every day we get closer to the end. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Right. But right there it says, if that's your fear, it's not the time to go hide. Right. <laughs> it's like, if there was ever a time that we should be meeting together, it's now. So yeah. the first reason we should attend church, God says so in his word, and yeah. we shouldn't need any other reason than that. hundred percent. And I know that there's the people out there, the the cynical skeptics that are like, then why do you post a live service? You know, and you know, those questions are going to come. So I'd rather just talk about it now because there are people that are physically unable to join us. Oh, oh so you're talking about why do we live stream? Yeah. Why to, would you yeah, even offer yeah. that if you don't want people to do it? Right. You know that yeah. that's a question somebody asked, but there are people that physically can't join us or um, there are people that use um, one of the best ways I've ever heard it said um, was a pastor in Texas who has um has a, he's a really sound biblical teacher, and he has a really cool following. But before every single sermon that they post, he says, hey, I hope that if you're listening to this and you didn't gather with us this weekend, that this is not your source of feeding, but it is simply a resource that you use. Good. He says, you should probably need to be plugging <laughs> into a local church. Hey, can you make a note of that? We yeah. should probably be saying that. Yeah, but I think that that's a key piece is that we post it because it's an incredible resource that somebody can come back to, that we can share with people. That's why we do it. And it's 2021, and it's better than you watching Netflix. So True. calm down, person. Yeah. That doesn't exist that I'm scenarioing out in my head. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you're arguing with and intimidating. Oh, dude, in I do head. that all the yeah, time. Yeah, do you do yeah. that? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, here's, so here's another reason why we live stream it is um, – we're, we're, well, we know this from statistics from people that do church research, but mm -hmm. also from experience, people that come to the tabernacle. I've, I just met someone in Manistee this past summer at the baptism that I'd never seen before and they were new and, and, you know, I had a chance to go over there and be a part of that. And they had kids getting baptized and I was like, how did you find us? And, um, the, the, the husband, the father of the family there, um, said, uh, oh, we stalked you for three months before <laughs> we first showed up. Yeah. So in other words, it's, it's becoming a front door for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But it isn't meant to be. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this and that's been you and you're in the area, either in, you know, somewhere here in northwest Michigan, and you've never come either to the Manistee or the Buckley campus, we invite you to come. We want to get to know you. Yep. We want you to experience the gathering, which is what we were intended to do. So don't make it the type of thing where I'm trying out the tabernacle online and I'm just going to listen forever and ever and ever and ever. On the flip side, and, and this makes me sad, but there's a lot of people that since the pandemic, when we were forced to get a lot better at this, yeah, and we have... You know, shout out to Matt Hughes, 100%. by the way, our tech director, he leads worship. He's just an overall godly stud. He's full time now. Oh, is he full time? <laughs> yeah, he's full time yeah. now. <laughs> he reminds me of that all the time. Matt Hughes has helped us get the stream so much better. I mean, helped us. He's done it almost single handedly. Yeah. You know, things that we didn't know we could do, capabilities we didn't know that we have. He's crushing it, right? But that all happened during the pandemic. 
some people have never come back because they found out it's just more comfy. Yeah. And so if you're listening still in your jammies, and it's like, that's cool, but if, if it isn't a physical issue, we want you to come back because yeah. it's better together. So I love, I know you're good. I love what this says right here is this, this question, why are gatherings so powerful? It's from a book that we um, are reading called Rediscover Church. And it asks the question, why is the body of Christ is essential? Um, and this is a book that Crossway put out and they sent to us. And so, and actually, if you swing by, we got copies of it if you want one. Uh, not a bunch, but enough. What makes gatherings so powerful? The fact that you are physically there. You see, you hear, you feel. Unlike watching something on a screen in which you're bodily removed from the thing you are watching, a gathering literally surrounds you, and it defines your entire reality. I like that. And I think it that surrounds a, you. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge, I mean, that's a good point for me. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I have been a part of a church service, and you show up, and it's Saturday, and I'd rather be watching OU lose to Oklahoma State, whatever, <laughs> right? And you show, and it's just me being honest, right? There are times where I show up on a Saturday, and it's not like I'm pumped to be here three times this weekend. Sorry if that makes me a bad Christian or a bad pastor, but there are just those moments in the weekend you're tired. And I couldn't tell you how many times when I get there, and I get in my seat, and the music strikes up, and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I catch a dude with his family, and they're worshiping. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. It's not about good. what I want to do, but there's those moments where I'm surrounded by it entirely. My whole existence in that moment is surrounded by the church and Christ and what we're trying to do. And fortunately, we go to a church that rocks when it comes to music and the sound and all the things that we do. It's when we, we're a part of something that's really well done and it's intentional. But in the midst of that, even in the midst of all of that, watching the 10 year old, hands up. That's right. Worshiping Jesus. And you're like, that's my reality. That's why I'm here. Whereas if I sit down with my laptop at home and we all know how stressful Sunday mornings are or whatever for families, you know how hard it is to detach from everything that's going on at home when you don't actually physically detach from it. But I think the minute you walk in the doors, you're making an intentional effort that day to be interruptible and to surround yourself with Christ and his people for a moment. And I think that there's also times, touch points in the week where that needs to be intentional as well. That's why we push fight clubs and tab women's and foundry for students and different things like that in groups because it is important to surround yourself with nothing but Christ and his people for a moment. Even in the middle of a week when things get difficult, just to remove yourself for a second and remember why you're doing what you're doing in the Christian faith. And I love the way that that said that. It, it strikes me that another way to put what you just read and what you just described is gathering for worship becomes three-dimensional. Instead of 2D, it's 3D. You know, I'm thinking right now when I came over here to do this podcast, my son was playing his VR. And even that isn't 100%. I mean, you know, and for those of you who don't know, that's a virtual reality thing where he's got a weird headset on and some nunchucks. It'll I don't make know you car sick. Yeah, it'll make you car sick, right? <laughs> but maybe a better example is... Um, like my family loves the ocean and a couple of years ago uh, when when the BBC series came out the planet earth I mean it was just epic right and my favorite one was the one on oceans and the high definition of they're taking us in the Arctic oceans in the South Pacific you know and we're seeing dolphins and things in the deep blue sea and all that kind of stuff 
And it's one thing you would think a documentary wouldn't grab all of us, but all of us, from me to my wife, right down to my all my daughters, my youngest son, or, or my youngest who's my son, we're all just like mouth halfway open just looking at how amazing the ocean is. But that doesn't compare, not even close, to two years ago where we found ourselves in the ocean on this dream vacation paid for by someone else. I'm not, uh, <laughs> uh, where we're in the Bahamas, we're uh, almost a mile offshore on a reef. And my kids in their snorkel gear went in the water and all of a sudden they're in it mm. and they're experiencing it. And there is joy. It surrounded them. Yeah. That's right. There's fish. Yeah. There's, there's uh, turtles. There's sea turtles. Like we're swimming with a sea turtle right cool. there. There's a barracuda. There's fear. <laughs> and, you know, to see my kids almost walk on water trying to get out of the water. But it's just so totally surrounded. Another example that pops into my head is, you know, the cooking shows, the, the, the baking shows. I mean, if you sat there and I'm trying to speak your love language right now, but like my wife and oldest daughter. Shout out all, Trace Cakes. <laughs> shout out to Trace Cakes. You see how I did that? Yeah. But my, my wife and daughter will sit there and watch the British Bake Off. Or the Great British Bake Off, whatever. It's like, hello, we're going to approve the bread and da-da-da, you know. And Sorry, Vicky. Um, <laughs> but that's nothing compared to eating it or smelling it or sitting down to the meal. And I think that's the difference between experiencing church remotely, online, via Zoom, always on a, you know, a, a, a screen alone. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. and, you know, someone might say, well, why do we have a screen in Manistee. That's completely different. 100%. That's not the same. Not what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about the person even who comes to church and, and you know, just occasionally and is never fully surrounded by mm. all of the community and all the things that it can offer. Yeah, for sure. It's 2D or it's 1D. It's one dimensional. You're a one dimensional worshiper. You're a one. Di- oh, wow. This might hurt. <laughs> it's kind of like a being a one dimensional Christian. Yeah. But when you become a three-dimensional Christian, you're part of the bride. You're part of the living, breathing flesh. Yeah, because I even think you could go one-dimensional. Two-dimensional would be the fact that maybe I do come, and that's what I do. I just come. I come to the church service, and then I leave. And I think to get to the full three-dimensional pieces, you you show up, you serve, you're a part of it, you're participating in it, you're stirring one another up, right? You're not just the one looking to be stirred, but you're the one that's actively trying to stir others. You're in a group. Yeah, and so you I think that that is kind of the yeah. holistic pieces. There's the 1D, 2D, and then 3D is full. Because I think that that is the, because you you said a phrase earlier, aren't active in their church. Yeah. And so I think that that is something that I've always, what does it mean to actually be active in the church? And so I think that activity in the church is plugging in, right? At our church, we do a kind of serve one, attend one, serve one type model on Sundays, right? You go find find a way that you can serve, whether it be on a Sunday, but then you also come to the church service and you do both. And it's still only three hours of your day. That's two episodes of your favorite show, whatever, three episodes. Math, uh, math. So, but yeah, I think that that is the three D piece is really what you want to, what you want to push people to. But well, you just touched the nerve because now we're gonna make some people mad. Yeah, potentially, and I don't mean to, but I gotta say it because I don't know everybody in church. So if this is you, I may or may not be talking about you, but it's not because I noticed. But my staff, our staff, has alerted me to the fact of a new phenomenon of the person who only attends church when they are serving. 
Now it used to be, and I, and it should be, that you worship one hour, serve one hour, and both our campuses offer that as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now I'm using the word should, but that's in an ideal world. Now we know there's seasons, there's different times, and you know. But as we've also said, if you've been in a season and it's been going on for several years and you don't see the end of the that's season, not a season, it's, it's not a, a season. It's a lifestyle, <laughs> right? So some people have fallen into the habit of, well, they talked about ser- serving, and I am a Christian. So so they make one of two mistakes is the weekend that they're serving is the only time they come to church and maybe they serve one hour and then worship one hour, but then we don't see them for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the serving serves as a reminder that church is important. Yeah. Well, no, you're missing the game. It's like, like me you've lost broccoli it. once a month. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Which and, I won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is when someone serves, they just serve all weekend and they never worship. Hmm. And they become just a servaholic, and they like being there for all of that stuff, but they never sit and worship. And we've actually talked about this as a staff, because you can be on staff at a church and never worship. Mm-hmm. You know, so so my typical weekend when I'm preaching is there's a Saturday night service, and there's two on Sunday. At least one of those three, I want to be in there for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the worship is so off the chain and I don't have any other responsibilities that I'm in every service all three times, right? Yep. But if if I'm a you know a staff person or if I'm in the band and all I do is play in the band and I'm not talking – I mean our, our band's already dealt with this issue, yep. and so, but I'm just giving this to the listeners as yep. an example. If all I do is play in the band but I never sit and hear the word, if I never – you know, hug on someone's neck or greet somebody or I'm never in the lobby. I'm not part of the cafe or any of that. Then I'm just coming to play bass yeah. and do my thing and leave. Uh, I don't think you're participating in church either. Yeah. And I've seen people do that or have heard of people that are doing that within our church or in other church as an usher. They usher, but they never really come in. They serve in the cafe, but they never really come in. We're missing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and Jesus said to not neglect meeting together. I think he meant worship. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's. I think that's a very key piece that you just said. Is he meant worship? It's not just about the things that you can come and do that make that make you feel better about your week or your yeah. month, right? Because oh, this is me giving back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, well, good for you. I, I mean, there's times often in my life where it's like, well, I'm not that bad, you know. And that's it's right. like, but I think uh, don't let church be the justification. Don't let serving in church be a justification for the rest of your sin. Because I think that's something that people do often is, well, I serve. And it's like, yeah, but yeah, but there's a, a lot problem. of other stuff going on. And I think not to say that sin just disappears when you start to worship, but I can promise you that you start to experience what it looks like and what the desire for sanctification is and the desire for holiness, a desire to be set apart, to be closer to this God, to be a part of this community, to seek him and his glory alone. And as you continue in that process, now you begin to see your life really change. If you are only serving in church because you want to experience a changed life, I'm telling you it ain't it. Hmm. There is not a program at our church that will change your life. There's not. We don't have anything to offer anybody. Tap Kids, Foundry, anything we personally do as a staff will not change your life. It is Christ and the Spirit of God alone. And if you aren't taking time to spend time in the presence of that, I would challenge that the opportunity for your life to be changed is being hindered. I know you love serving coffee or ushering or preaching Britain, right? That's not going to change your life. That's right. It's intimacy with God. That's why we gather. Intimacy with God and it's intimacy with God's people, and that's where life change happens. That's how we truly love God and love people. Making disciples, that happens in the midst of all of that. 
but the key piece to gathering and all of that is our first mission in this is mm-hmm. to love God. Right. With everything we have. Because if we don't truly love God, we can't truly love people. If we don't truly love God, we can't truly make disciples. The first thing we have to do, if your desire is to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, you have got to love God first. And a part of loving God is being interruptible and worshiping him. Rant over. Another <laughs> great rant. I mean, it reminded me of something we've said quite often, and, and it, it needs to be absorbed, is that we gather for worship. We scatter for ministry. We don't gather for ministry. And that and that is the problem that 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 or the trap that some of us are falling into mm-hmm. is that the only time I'm ever, ever at church is if I'm, you know, because it gives me a place to serve and I serve there once a week or I serve there once a month or once every six weeks. And that's the only time. No, you're gathering for ministry. No, you're supposed to gather for worship. Mm-hmm. And then when we leave, we scatter for, for ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so you, you spoke to something when you were saying none of us can change a life. And that's true. The Holy spirit of God is what changes a life. Yeah. The second reason that I've got for um, why we gather for worship is because when we gather for worship, the Spirit of God is there, and it is powerful. The Spirit mm. of Jesus, yeah. right? So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, that doesn't mean that the only time the Spirit of God is with me or with you is when we gather. Because the Holy Spirit of God, the moment you become a Christian, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved and God's Spirit takes up residence in you. He doesn't take it away when you leave church. But where two or three or more are gathered in his name, as in in for worship, literally it says he is in the midst of us. Hmm. He's in the midst. Yeah. And so there is power when God's people come together. Oh yeah. The spirit of God is just there with it because it's a spirit in me and the spirit in you, the spirit in them. And when we're gathered together, that's why it's powerful. When I'm alone, when I'm trying to live the Christian life without my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's it's I don't want to say there's no power because we can't limit God's power and where God's spirit is. And so I believe you're a Christian, but you don't you don't like church. You don't go to church. You hate church. You have nothing to do with church. You don't have time for church. Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? You know, you're cracking on the bride of Christ. And I think there's less power. So I don't want to say it's a powerless Christianity, mm-hmm. but there is definitely less power because you're not in the midst of other people where God's spirit is. Well, there's a scripture that, I mean, it's, it's readily used at weddings, right? Whenever they do the little braiding the stringed or oh, yeah. rope together, oh, yeah. right? The A three-corded strand is not easily broken. Yeah. That doesn't just apply to you and your wife, right? That's your community. That's If you're surrounding yourself with people that are surrendered to the same spirit, now we're creating something that is stronger because now we're all surrendered to one spirit becoming one together, one body complementing each other with the ultimate desire to see God's glory alone. And that's where I think you see you experience that full power. I love the way the book says it. It says gatherings change Lives change cultures, change the world. They're powerful. Yes. And I think that we see that. I mean, we look at the, in today's culture, right? We're, we're not uh, blind to protests right. or all these different gatherings. Or a million man march for whatever. Yeah, right. All these things that are happening across the world and these movements, these huge gatherings of people that are coming together, united around one cause, agree or disagree with the cause, but it gets your attention. It gets people's attention. Why will the church not do that? Why are we in a moment when there's nothing that needs to be more on display than the hope and love and the identity that Christ comes to offer the world and the church is hiding Hmm. 
We're all hiding in our rooms. We're all hiding behind our screens. At home, in our apartments. We're hiding. Yeah. And how did you say it before? You said, uh, in, in uh, I think it was before we started recording, you were talking about how when we gather, so that's our strength. Mm-hmm. That's our strength. Yeah. And, and, and there's a rant I need to go on here in a second about weak men, mm. right? Uh, because I'm excited about it. Yeah. But when we gather together, that's our strength. And because we're scattered, we're actually, like, we're weakening the message of the gospel, yeah, I, because because we're 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 not all in one place. Yeah, we're 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 at home. We're you know uh, yeah. you know what I'm just going to work for the next five years on Sunday because I can make time and a half. And, yeah, you know whatever. And, and 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 so we're weakening this bride of Christ. Yeah, by not being there. Absolutely, because I think too, like the word scatter. Because we talk about it all the time, we gather so we can scatter. In that time that you used, I don't think your scatter was talking about going and being evangelistic. But I think the scattering is the church has been scattered out further than it's ever been because people aren't consistently coming together, right? right. And so I think that that's that strength in the gathering is the more – think about the community of Buckley, Michigan. Yeah. The more the community gathers together, people will experience that power, whether it's just the simple fact that their Sunday after or their Sunday morning is inconvenienced because hundreds of people are trying to cross the street. Sooner or later, they'll go – Maybe I should go check out what that many people yeah. are going to. Right. Because it's annoying me enough that it'll be easier to park than try to drive through this road right now. <laughs> right? But whatever that looks like. But I think that the gathering can change a community because the more people that get behind it, the more people that are buying into it with everything. Right. The more it's become word begins right. to spread. You know, right. I think of the new community that we're in with our campus in Manistee is we're slowly getting it out there. Right? There's people that still are like, wait, what? What's the tab? The tab or what? The tab or what? Yeah. What, what are you guys, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses? Right. What is that? Yeah. And so you're like, wait, oh, you guys are the reason we have a cool bounce house, laser tag, scary place with a uh, paintball and Jeeps. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah that place is fault. pretty crappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, um, but offense. Uh, yeah. But just that idea that the more people of Manistee come together, right? I'm now, I've been in Manistee almost two years now. And now when I go to the TJ's pub to get a sandwich at lunch, oh, hey, you're that guy. Or the more you continue to gather, the more now a group of people from the tabernacle are seeing each other admire, and we're standing in the middle of the aisle talking, and people are walking by. Oh, how do they know each other? Right, yeah. the parades, the Why different do they stuff. Care about but each I other? think that that's just the more you gather, the more powerful it becomes. But as you continue to scatter, you're spreading out all the people. That's, I mean, what's a goal of in battle is to scatter them out, spread them right. out, don't let them stay together and be strong. So, so that that's my rant. So you were talking about that proverb that says. Uh, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. Um, in the military, they talk about no man left behind. Uh, friends of mine that um, uh, have served in battle in the infantry have talked about how every guy, I can't remember if it was Army, Marines, or both, you had to have a battle buddy. Everyone has to have somebody because if you're alone on a battlefield, you're in trouble. And so my man rant has to do with a bunch of dudes men in general tend to think that I don't need anybody and I can be alone. Mm. So I'll take my wife to church, but because this is really for her (laughs) or I'm going to stay home and be a Christian. She can go. I don't need anybody because I'm, you know, Mr. Tough guy. The reality is, is you've bought into the lie of the enemy because if God's word is true and a cord of three strands is not easily broken, who are your battle buddies? Oh yeah. You don't have any. You're on the battlefield by yourself because you're too cool for church, 
You're too cool for Fight Club. You're too cool to get to know anybody. Christianity is soft. It's for the girls. It's for the kids. And I think that I've got it all together. Those are the guys that get picked off. They get picked off. Yeah, by everything I've learned about that stuff, they get picked off. One hundred percent. I mean, you just it's think a weakness. It, yeah, you're spreading yourself out. You don't have consistent community around you. And when that sin shows back up, I think that's why you see marriages get destroyed. And then you look at I I, I don't know the statistic, but I imagine if somebody was to do a study on close Christian community and divorce rate that those things would not be tied together very well. But I think that in a group of men that are speaking into each other's life, they can make the phone call, hey, man, this is going on, right? Whatever that looks like. But the more you surround yourself with community that desires to see the gospel lived out, the more you're protecting yourself from the sin and the attacks of the enemy. That's right. But the more you spread yourself out, the more susceptible you're making yourself to attack. And so I think that those are... See... See, part of the community, and this is, a, this is a tangent, but this all has to do with the importance of gathering for worship. It is that relationship. So maybe it's unfair to say that, um, you know, because you, cause you and I work together. Right. Uh, but I know you love Jesus, you follow Jesus, you know I love Jesus and follow Jesus. We're in relationship. Mm-hmm. We're in community together. You and I were in the UP. If I was suddenly acting not like a Christian, I don't even want to make up stuff. Right. And you were a witness to that. And you see me about to do something that's going to, you know, violate my relationship with God or violate my relationship with my wife. I'd like to think that you'd say, hold up, John, what's up with that? Yeah. Because we're in a relationship. Mm. We're in a Christian relationship, yep. a friendship, a brotherhood, right? And, and and it's as simple as that. It's as drastic as that, is letting people up close and get to know you and you get to know them so that we can hold one another to this life that we're committed to, to this God that we're committed yeah. to. I mean, Hebrews you know? 10 said it. It's to stir each other, stir one another up to love and good works. And so I think that that is stirring one another up isn't always a um, the smiling encouragement, right? Sometimes that's a prodding. Oh, to stir somebody sometimes up, right? it's a straight up rebuke. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think, I think the, the, how do I want to say this? Not offending people. Offend them. Yeah. I think the issue with men is that we're all scared that people will find out who we actually are. You got it. It's fear. Yeah. And it's fear. That Why don't I gather? I'm scared. Right. I've got legitimate trauma, legitimate hurt, legitimate issues that I think I'm the only one that's ever experienced them. And I would rather hide them and isolate on my own than bring them to the light and get into community with people that could probably help lead me in the direction that leads to freedom. 100%. It is, it is, you nailed it. It's fear. Yeah. And it's fear that my weakness or my, I mean, it's, well, you said hurt, yeah. but it's also fear that my weakness will be exposed. Yeah. You know, I've told this story before when the the very first fight club um, that I started uh, years and years and years ago, uh, I'm I'm scared to actually say the years because my wife will have to correct it. You know, (laughs) I think it was 15. It might have been 16. But about 15 years ago, the very first fight club here, um, I asked 12 guys to be a part of that. Surprisingly, all 12 said yes. But these 12 guys... Um, they were serving some of them. Some of them were, uh, like going to be candidates for the board. Uh, these were supposedly these well-respected, I mean, and, and they're all great guys. And if any of those guys are listening, I'm not cracking on, on you. But what I found was the biblical illiteracy was shocking. Mm. 
And the fear about that biblical illiteracy was evident. You know, I've told the story before, you know, we did a little pop quiz and just asked these guys, uh, hey, can we uh, list the Ten Commandments? And the fear in that room was shocking. Yeah. Right? Now, if you're listening to this, don't worry. We don't shame people at Fight Club. So right. don't don't make the example, the little secret I'm telling you right now about Fight Club be a reason you never try it because yeah. that's an important part of the gathering for some of us, right? But I asked these 12 guys to write down on a piece of paper the Ten Commandments. We did not have a single guy get more than three of the basic ten things that God said is his law. I even had one guy write, uh, is one of them don't eat fish on Fridays. <laughs> Straight up truth. Yeah. And that's the prodding. That's the, now, if that's true in a fight club, how much more, you know, man, I saw you worshiping on Sunday and now I'm on, on the job site with you or my job is interacting with your job. Now I can be encouraged outside the church or I can be held accountable outside the or encouraged. Hmm. Just to bring that story back around, I'm not trying to make it about Fight Club, but that is a part of the gathering, right? Yeah. Um, that little exercise, I told those guys, because they all wanted redemption. Number one, I showed them how to memorize God's word. I showed them how to remember God's law, and I told them, you'll have a chance at redemption. So it wasn't maybe five weeks later, as I said, hey, guys, uh, you want to try that Ten Commandment thing again? And I mean, it feels like Sunday school, but these grown men and fathers were like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) Bible shut, pens out. I, you know, they had their own paper. It was a hundred percent. Every single guy had the 10 commandments down Mm. and the, and, and the sense of, yeah, I mean, they felt like, like better men, like better disciples just because, and most of them got them in order. And most of them could tell you that, you know, the Ten Commandments are found in Exodus chapter 20, because that was a little bonus question, you know. (laughs) So that's just an example of how we stir one another up to love and good. I mean, how are you going to please God if you don't know his basic Ten Commands? Mm. Well, how are you going to be pushed to do that? If you're not in community. Yeah. And and so really the third reason that we should gather and why church attendance is so important is so we can be a part of that community that's yeah. only found in church. Yeah. And I don't think it can be as as uh, um, effective virtually. No, I don't I don't think so either. Um, because like I, I think too, like whenever you look at it, the ga- the gathering offers almost this visible testimony for the rest of the world to see. And as you're gathering together and getting in community together, now your lives are being put on display as a testimony for others to see. And so I think that that's a huge key piece to the gathering is getting in the community of people. And so I mean, I even think back to, I'll just tell them myself, right? Um, when I met Hope, okay. So Hope gonna, and I... Are you going to get in trouble for this? Uh, maybe. Uh, love you, Hope. Uh, no, I won't get in trouble for it. We met during COVID online, right? Because we're both Gen Z, and that's how we met. We met during COVID online. And I remember I was like, man, this girl's awesome. And so we start texting, and we have a few phone calls and FaceTimes. But I did not experience the fullness of how awesome Hope Cole was until we went on our first date. And you sit down, and you're like, dang. This chick's legit. We just talked about hermeneutics on our first date, <laughs> and she knew more about it than I did, right? And she ordered a burger. She ordered a burger. She didn't do the little, I'll just do a salad, right? She ordered a burger. And she's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was cool, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. But, yeah, yeah. But it was that piece, though. You see the smile, was, you know? Yeah, you get you're, to, you're in one another's presence. Yeah, and so I think that's 
I said that story for some reason was to bring people to the point of it's important to get around people and not just let your um, your community be through a screen. Right. That essentially, yeah. Well, there's uh, in in this book that, that, and you did a great job of pointing out some of the stuff in this book. Again, this book, Rediscover Church, uh, we're just cher- cherry picking parts right out of the chapter. Um, it says, perhaps the clearest proof of God's desire to gather with his people is the incarnation. The son of God took on a body. The one who was with God and who was God put on flesh so that he could be with us. And he promised to build his church, a word that translated literally means assembly. So the assembly, his church is not a building. You know, people love to say the church is a people, not a building. And you said it. Yeah. That it's probably better to say, yeah, that's true. The church is a people, not a building, but the church is really a people that gather yeah. usually in a building <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because it is Especially the assembly. In it is a gathering. But I love that theological point where it says the word became flesh. I mean, the, the first verses, I mean, the first chapter one of the gospel of John, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? That word flesh in the original is carne. Carne. You're going to love this, Britain, because it's one of our love languages, right? <laughs> Literally, that flesh, is, it's like the same word in Spanish, you know, for carne, which is steak. Carne Praise. asada, if you've ever had that, Praise right? God. Yeah. So there is a steak, right? Um, there, was a, there was years ago, uh, we were preaching about that very same topic. We were talking about incarnate. In the, the 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 word becoming flesh and how that becomes this aroma, and I remember cooking a steak while preaching in the tabernacle. It was one of the dirtiest tricks I've ever played because the aroma, like people were like getting hungry, like just right there. I mean, I didn't eat it in front of them, but I we, we had a little George Foreman and I'm cooking. That's part of that 3D gathering. I would have charged too. the stage. <laughs> you would have charged. <laughs> See what that engagement team is made of. Engagement team would have taken out the big fella going for the steak, man. But we grow more spiritually when we gather together than we do all by ourselves. And some of it is because we are in that, we're in the presence, you know, we got the sights, the sounds, the smell. They're not always good. They're not always good. But if, if, if it was God's plan to become flesh, to be with us, right? This whole God with us, that's one of his names, Emmanuel. We're coming up on the Christmas season. Emmanuel means God with us. He wants us to be with one another yeah. and with him. Mm. And so you, you just, there, there is no case biblically whatsoever for you to be a Christian and think that going to church is, is optional. Or a hindrance to what you're trying to do. Or a hindrance. Yeah. No, that is unbiblical. Yeah. That is unbiblical. There is no way that you can call yourself a Christian and think that not participating in church or being a part of this gathering is not for you. There's there's just, you don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, and I think, too, something that needs to be said is we don't care if you come here or not. Thank you. You we're, This isn't a yeah, this this isn't isn't us a lobbying for, the tab. for you to yeah. come to the tab. Yeah. Find a local church that you can plug into consistently and go to that one. Oh, There's yeah. There's some really good ones in this area. How, how many times have I said from the pulpit, yeah. our church isn't for everyone. If you don't like this church... 
go on, just find a church, yeah. find the churches for you. And, and it's like, well, I can't find it. We'll keep, we'll keep looking. Yeah. And if you can't find a church that fits all the little things that you need, then start one. Yeah. Right. And I think too, uh, sorry, when, no. when, when, when Tim and I, in our, both our change yeah. life stories, part of it was here. We felt like God handed us a church and, and it was like, well, we don't want to be pastors, but, but he kind of said here, we need you guys to kind of run mm-hmm. this church here. Uh, and our thing was, we're just going to make the church we, we always wanted to go to. Episode four. <laughs> well <laughs> Just made that up. <laughs> Sorry, we're both ranting it's today, there, man. Though. I we're know, just like but I was cross ranting. Because as you, and if this isn't the church for you or if another church isn't for you, can I just tell you, when you show up here, I don't need to know what was wrong with that other church. Ooh, good. And the other church doesn't need to know what you didn't like about that church. Because essentially what you're doing is you're just dragging the bride of Christ now, if it's a clear biblical issue that misaligns with Scripture, maybe that's something worth working through. But there's a huge difference in biblical conflict and gossip. That's right. And I would encourage you to check your heart because Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, he tells them, unless you are reconciled to your brother, do not come worship. That's good. And so the question, if you're leaving for a reason or if it's somebody irritated you, be reconciled because the Sermon on the Mount is very clear that Jesus isn't interested in your worship until there's reconciliation in your heart because essentially all you're doing is becoming a Pharisee at that point. And I think that that's a huge piece as well. Here's some here's some Darcy wisdom coming at you, which, by the way, if you would like Darcy to be on the podcast, you'll have to tell her directly yeah. um, And uh, because that's something she said she would rather die than do. <laughs> so we've been trying. And if you're out there wondering why aren't there any or, or more women that are on this podcast, it's because they're all afraid. We we keep inviting them. This isn't trying to be the no, man show. That I was promise. a gross thing. Yeah, No, yeah. we're trying to. But here's some Darcy wisdom on this thing. She's been a pastor's wife for 18 years. Uh, I mean, we've been married longer than that, but I've been, as far as I've been a pastor, 18 years of experience talking here. And everyone knows Darcy's pretty direct. And uh, we've we've gone to dinner. We've been with friends quite often that come with kind of that attitude. Oh, we're so glad to be at this church now, or or or, or you know because of all the bad stuff at that church, or or they'll even say, Oh, did you hear what they're doing in this church or with that church? Darcy is almost always no comment mm. because she's been the pastor's wife here long enough to know. That the exact same thing has happened to us for 18 years. Yeah. Can you believe what the tabernacle did? Can you believe what John said? Can you believe what John wore? Well, I don't even know what they're thinking. Why are they so contrary? You know, so her whole thing is if I don't go to that church and I'm not a member of that church and I'm not invested in that church, I don't get to stand and be and, and judge that church. Mm. I'm not there. That's not my responsibility. We have enough stress trying to love God and love people and make disciples here. Yeah. And and are doing our best to do it with the, uh, theological accuracy, you know, consistent with what Jesus commanded, consistent with the Bible. Like, we're doing our best. I don't have time to be through. I mean, yeah, I can tell you, yeah, that teaching right there might be heretical or that, you know, we're not going to do that here because it, it conflicts with the Bible. But it's not my job to throw stones at other churches. No, and I think— This too, is my gathering. Christians are wasting so much time that could be spent on the mission throwing stones at each other. Yeah. And then we look at the world and we wonder, why don't people come to our churches, right? <laughs> why don't, and it's because they're like, if Christians can't get along, why should we go? Why should they they don't even it? like each other. 
Right. Why would I be a part of that when there's nothing more that the world needs than for a group of people that say that they are all followers of the same God, the same Christ, to come along one alongside one another regionally, geographically, across the world, globally, to come alongside and lock arms and say, we are all devoted to the same mission, and that is seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ preached in all nations so that we can be a part of seeing the income. And I think that the more time we spend throwing rocks at other Christians, the more time we spend critiquing all these little rock theology things, whatever that is, small rocks, big rocks, we're wasting time. And we're wasting time on things that truly don't they don't matter. matter. And Jesus warned us about all this stuff mm-hmm. in the in the Last Supper, John John 13, 35. He said, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be unified, it, in another translation is by this they will know you are mine. Mm-hmm. And so for the person who is hanging on to bitterness and resentment, I forget which episode that was but you can go back and find that one. But you're hanging on to bitterness and resentment about the church that hurt you. And so you don't love the church. You don't love other Christians. You're going to be Lone Ranger Christian. Your testimony is damaged. And Jesus warned you. He said, this is how the world will know that you belong to me, Mm -hmm. by how you are united and love one another. There was even a cheesy Christian song. It's cheesy. I don't know if it was cheesy. I thought it was cheesy. Okay, maybe (laughs) you loved it. You probably never heard heard of it because this was deep cuts. It's the whole they will they will know you are Christians by our love by your love. <laughs> yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Man, the seventies and eighties were like not that. kind to Christian music. They were not <laughs> kind, you know. But now it's gonna be in my head and, and all day long. <laughs> we are one in the spirit by our love. Uh, yeah. So it's just like. But the but the lyrics are true, yeah, and and we're just missing it. We're just missing it sometimes, yeah, for sure. And I love this point right here. Um, or what's your what's your fourth point? Oh no, that was the fourth point. Oh, okay. That that or no, not that one in specific, but that attending church is important because when we gather together, we grow more than we can all by ourselves. Yeah, and I love that that ties directly into this quote here is. Our assembled local local churches represent God's presence with man. Where heaven comes to earth, where two or more gather in the name, there I am among them. When you come together as a church, there is a sense. I love this. Or this is talking about. This is uh, Paul wrote this in First uh, Corinthians eleven. He says, "When you come together as a church," and then he says, "There's a sense in which a church is not a church until it comes together." And of course, right, a church is a people, not a place is slightly more accurate than, than that a church is a people assembled in a place. And then I like this point. This doesn't mean a church stops being a church when the people aren't gathered any more than a soccer team stops being a team when the members are not playing. The point is regularly gathering together is necessary for a church to be a church, just like a team has to gather to play in order to be a team. That's so good. And by the way, soccer haters don't get distracted because it said soccer. Yeah. You insert football, well, insert basketball. I'm just going to say it. We're just yeah. going to clear the air. Okay. Yeah. Soccer's not that bad. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Oh, man, I'm going to get tears on the podcast, bro. So I came to serve at In this church. In the UP, we, I just took so much crap for soccer. Right. And yeah, look at you, man. I watched yeah. it. I, and now, I mean, I sent you the picture. On Sundays, here's full-on confession. Tom Cleet, I'm sorry, man. I hope you still want to be my friend after this. <laughs> I watched the Tottenham Hotspurs play. Yeah, the Tottenham That's Hotspurs. That's who I identify yeah. with as a team. I don't know if they're good or not. I couldn't tell you. Yes. But Hope loves soccer. 
I love soccer. And therefore, I'm going to learn how to love soccer. And maybe it's going to take a long time, but I can appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. that was Bunny Trail, our podcast. We'll talk about whatever we want. Bro, Jesus loves the church. Mm. Uh, it might be hard for you to love the church. Mm. I mean, it says husbands love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Mm. So maybe just like those people that it's it's hard to get over themselves to like a sport or a food or whatever. Sometimes you just the fact that the one that you love loves the church. Mm. You probably need to change your attitude just yeah. a little bit, yeah. right? Oh, I love that. If you say you love Jesus, then you love his church. Yeah, you love what he loves. Yeah, that's you got to love what he loves. And, and, and this quote that you read was so good. It's because, yes, we're the church when we're not gathered together. But if we never gather together, we're not, a church. We're not playing a game. Yeah. We're not playing whatever game we're supposed to be playing. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, you know, people ask me before, like, what is what is our ultimate mission? I th- I, th- I think I told you that when when uh, the tabernacle first started blowing up um, in the early two thousands, right? You know, even in this small town of Buckley, there were some non church people, some non tab people. that was like, man, the problem with the tabernacle, they're trying to take over the town, and that filtered back to me, and I was like, no, we're not trying to take over the town, we're trying to take over the world, <laughs> right? I'm not talking about the tabernacle, I'm talking right. about Christ and His kingdom, yeah. But why do we want to take over over the world? It's the very same reason. And when I say take over the world, I'm talking about spreading the gospel to every tribe, nation, tongue, you name it, right? That that everyone has a chance to either accept or, or deny. And it's not the gospel of the tabernacle. It's no, the it's the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, right? Yeah. But why do we do do that? For the glory of God, to lift him up, to exalt him, to worship him, to to. To, to praise him, right? It's the very same reason we come together to worship, mm-hmm. to lift him up, to exalt him, to praise him, to bring glory to yeah. him. And so if you're out there on your own, you can say, I just glorify God with the way I live my life. Well, good for you, little Lone Ranger. But you're supposed to get, come together to really bring him some glory. Yeah. He said so multiple times. He told us to not stop meeting together. together. Yeah. And and you know then it then it becomes well I don't want to come together because all they want is my money, <laughs> oh yeah we just came off the big give, and we kind of half pushed it. Hey guys, we're gonna have this big offering um, because we really love God and we're grateful for what He's done. It's a Thanksgiving season, and most of this money, or or at least one third of this money, we're gonna give away. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not buying me an airplane. Right. You know, it isn't one of those. It's not going to salaries. It's no, we're going to give a third of it away. We're going to help some work, whatever. The church isn't after your money. Right. Money is just one place that God says you can worship him. Well, yeah. And we talked about it last night with the students, right? If I think people that struggle with money, right? We talked about where your heart is, there's where your, or where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. What if we're just actively trying to remind you that you need to place your treasure in the right place because that's the only way to get your heart in the right place. It's not about giving to the tabernacle. It's about surrendering to God. Yes. And when you surrender your treasure, you can surrender your heart. So, so, so what if this love the riff, love the bro, this (laughs) check this out. One of the reasons that the church needs to gather together is so you have a place to bring your offerings. Mm. That's how important it is. This just, just light bulbs, just, blew up in my head right here yeah because there are some churches that are apologetic about offerings they're like well we don't want to you know we don't want to talk about offering because that's just a turnoff i'm calling shenanigans 
is we are called to bring our offering, to bring the tithe into the storehouse. On the first day, it says in the New Testament, of every week, that's when you're supposed to set aside a portion of your income. And whatever you want that to be, it's that's between you and God. But we're supposed to regularly give a portion of what God has blessed us with back to God. If you don't go to church, where do you have to do that? In that sense, I mean, can you imagine a Christian that has no place to bring his offerings? It's like, well, I give to the poor. Okay, well, you should give to the poor and to God, but you didn't give to God, did you? Yeah. It's like, no, well, I get, and we come up, well, I gave to a missionary. I can almost guarantee you the missionary that you're supporting is giving to God. Yeah. And here you're kind of trying to justify your lack of church attendance because of, of all churches, one is my money. So I'm just going to give it directly to yeah. the people. No, you got trust issues. You got treasure issues. You got heart issues. It's a sin issue. Yeah. Because I'm going to say among all of the reasons to go to church, not just to sing songs together, not just for the community, not just to hear the teaching and preaching of God's word. We haven't even touched that. When, when, when God's word is preached, Right, it isn't about the preacher. No, you can listen to a, a not a very good preacher and still get something because God's Spirit works wherever His Word is preached. Yeah, praise God. And I'm just saying one of the reasons uh, to go to church is so you have a place to bring your offerings. Mm. Another one, I just thought of this: communion. Yep, communion. So the word communion, it, it's it's not just me and alone with God. Now I know that there were some dudes some men and women who during pandemic, we did a communion service and they were all alone Hmm. virtually they or or physically, but virtually they were not alone because we all took communion together when that dropped. Yeah. However, it's even better when you're communing with one another as a gathering, as the church and with God in that moment, when you take the bread and you take the cup, Jesus said as Often as you do this, do this in remembrance yeah. of me. But the word communion is we're doing it together. Man, yeah. we're ranting. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love you, Tabernacle. Yeah. And Just I get think, off the couch and go to church. Yeah. I have one more question before we close, and then we'll Are get we to closing? the end. Okay. Yeah. But I have one question. This It might not be a close at all, so we'll see. We'll see. We don't know. Do you think people can find unhealthy identity in their local church? That's a great question. So this idea of do you you think people can try to belong uh, in our instance, I think, and I see it all over the place that people in an unhealthy way identify with being a part of the tabernacle rather than being a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I definitely think that could happen. And so that's where a ton of like critical stuff happens in the church and we can't go to another church because it doesn't do it this way and stuff like that. So do you think that that's a thing that... 100%. So if that can happen here, then it can happen anywhere. Yeah. And so if life happens and I find myself in a different place, well, because I can't find a church around here that did it like the last church... Mm -hmm then I'm just not going to go to church. Yeah. You've got a problem. Yeah. And it goes back to what, you know, that little video that you were showing me at, what, was it a talk tick or a, a, a ticking, <laughs> a ticking talk of something? Tick tock. Yeah. But it was, it was, a, it was that lady that was, that yeah. was on a rant about what if you went, whatever church you went to, whether it's at the tabernacle or God puts you in a different place or you're on vacation and you go to church, God forbid. Right. right? meaning that's a really good idea. And what if wherever you went to church, God or Jesus Christ, God in flesh was the main character and not you Hmm. and not your preferences and not what you wanted. 
I mean, she said it just like that. So that's the practical and tactical. You know, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast right now and you're going, I don't really need this podcast because I'm pretty involved and I'm here all the time, but now I've got some bullets to share with other people. Well, maybe the thing for you to make this even uh, more of a spectacular life-changing catalyst, the mm-hmm. tab, is if the very next weekend you come to the Manistee campus or to the Buckley campus, if you came with the heart posture, with the attitude, what if Jesus is the main character this weekend? Yeah. Just in everything. I'm not going to be distracted by Martin Rizzi's announcement or John Williams' plaid shirt or the fact that Tim Burgess is wearing a shirt that says college and a beanie, you know, or who's preaching or who's on base. The in sweatpants. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be distracted yeah. by Britain's ankles, <laughs> right? Or Vicky's lovely accent. What if it's not about Vicky? What yeah. if Jesus was the main character and all of us are just supporting characters? Because that's, that's what we are. Yeah. He is the main character. We're complete. I mean, we're, we're, I don't even know if we're supporting actors. We're more like just, you know, who are the people that walk by? Walk by, they get like $5 <laughs> yeah. to show yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, they're just, like yeah. extras extras yeah. extras yeah. yeah we're all just extras man yeah and he's the main character that yeah. could be life-changing for someone yeah. and i think too from a standpoint of being a part of a local church leadership like don't put that pressure on us because <laughs> we'll Jesus. disappoint you and so i think that's a good that's another darcy wisdom that i got one of the greatest pieces of advice that darcy ever gave me coming into working in the local church again and she said this before i accepted the job or anything and she just said we're gonna let you down and so I think, and I don't, I don't want to that. speak for her because she'll correct me, but I think what Darcy <laughs> was saying is, are you going to be okay with that? And can you stick it out when we do? Because if not, this isn't the place for you because it's going to happen. And so I think when you look at the local church, understand it is a group of human beings that are doing their best to love God, love people and make disciples. But please understand, it's going to let you down. It's going to let you down. The only thing that won't is Christ alone. And he's not coming back yet. So you need to plug in. You need to spend time with him. But the local church is going to let you down. So don't be surprised when it does. And don't jump ship at the first sight of being let down. Right. And don't start throwing rocks. Right. Right. So. See, see, there's a it's, a, it's a, it's a pride and a humility issue. Yeah. So proud people, they can't humble themselves to be a part of that. Mm. They're like, well, if you're going to let me down, well, I, well, I can't be a part of it. Well, that's pride. That's pride because ultimately what you're saying is I've never let anyone down and I'm perfect and I've got it all together. And if you're just going to hurt me, well, I'm going to take my little perfection and go somewhere else. Well, that's a pride issue. Pride got Satan kicked out of heaven. Pride will send you straight to hell. It really will because all sin comes back to pride. So even part of this gathering is it's an opportunity for us to humble ourselves and be in relationship with people that aren't exactly like us. Because if I'm only in relationship with people exactly like me, I'm a narcissist and I only love me. Yeah. But if it's like, you know what? I'm going to be in relationship with people uh, that are different. Mm-hmm. And what's going to unite us is Christ himself. Yeah, for sure. And I don't. I think I misspoke there, so I want to correct it because I don't want people to hear that I said Jesus isn't coming back. That was not what I said. So no, no, no. just want to correct that before we get to that. And people take out the soundbite of he said this. But yeah, I think in closing, I love the way this closes up. Is Jesus organized Christianity this way? He means to center our Christianity around regular gathering together, seeing one another, learning from one another, encouraging and correcting one another, and loving one another. Spiritual things happen when Christians stand elbow to elbow, breathe the same air, 
join our voices in song, hear the same sermon, and partake of one bread. You look around and you think, I'm not alone in this faith. What might we do together? Wow. And that's that phrase, I'm not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. Um, probably the most often repeated line after church reopened. And and there's some churches, I'm sad to say, they're still closed. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, I'm not being political. I'm not talking about it. I'm done with that. Yeah. That's why I don't even name. It's the pandemic that will be unnamed. Yep. Right. But the number one thing that we heard people say is I just, I didn't realize how much I missed this, mm. how much I missed being together. Yeah. And so this is supposed to be an encouragement. It's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings. If you're, you know, someone that listens to the tabernacle from a distance, uh, like because you don't live in the state of Michigan or, or you're not near any of our campuses, um, we want you to keep listening to our services or watching or our podcast. But we encourage you to find a church. Yeah, find a church. I mean, I, I'm I don't want to sell anybody out, but there's a there's a couple friends that I have from from other states uh, that um, that really miss this church, and um, because they used to be here and then they moved away. Yeah. And in fact, some of them were just here this past weekend. Um, one of them, you know, I won't name the city because it'll give it away. But he was like, "Man, I've been in this city three years and I cannot find a church." like the tabernacle. Mm. Now that felt really good from a human perspective. Yeah. Right. I know there's good churches in that city. I yeah. know there's got, I mean, he's, but this is what I loved about that guy. He's still connected to us online, mm-hmm. but he's still actively pursuing a church there that he can become a member of. Yeah. And I know other people that have done that too. It's like, it's like they see this as a, what did you call it? We're a resource. Yep. We're like extra. Yeah. You know, uh, or the, at least the online part, mm-hmm. right? Um, just like I know there's people that are faithful, committed, members, serve, fight club, the whole deal, and they're watching some other church because, yeah. you know, John's, you know, John's okay, <laughs> but Matt Chandler, he's the greatest, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. or whoever it is, you yeah. know, they, they, they can't get enough of, well, I better stop naming other <laughs> preachers because I'll be weird, but I like Matt Chandler too, so yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah, he's legit. So, uh, Tab family, uh, you know what to do with this. Share it, like it, subscribe to Where it. Where should they share it? I would share it on Facebook. Um, Is that the number that's one the best spot? place to share it? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram stories are kind of the two places that you can share this. Our church presence isn't heavy on Instagram, but hey, my fellow Gen Zers and millennials out there, take over Instagram. Yeah, take over Instagram. So Lily does a good job of sharing it. So we appreciate the Vermilia. The Vermilia Nation Lily is showing up on Instagram. We were her number one listen to podcast this year. Really? Lily yeah. Vermilia. Yep. Sweetheart, you're going to yeah. get a little something extra uh, on at Christmas time. Yeah. And I got another message you just from became somebody dad's that favorite listens, child. A person from Oklahoma named Emily Allen. We were her Number two, listen to podcast. Well, she needs to try a little bit harder. Yeah, but the other one was Rain Sounds to Sleep To, so she made oh, well sure done. to affirm that. But we were over some big names. Some big so, names. Yeah, like the Spotify, your playlist came out or whatever, and so all these people were like, we listen, and I'm like, my head's already big enough. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's, but 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 that's just cool, because yeah, no, that, for sure. that encourages us to, okay, so we're not just down here in the dungeon, yep. just talking, you know, to fill the air. Yeah. It's, when... When people share this, it's it's a small thing, but it can be um, it can be 
very helpful. 100%. It can be a witness. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, maybe this might be the reason to help somebody get back to church. Yep. And Tab family, we have an announcement. What's that? An- Wait, what? We have a big announcement for the Tab podcast family. Am I fired? No, you're not fired. Coming in 2022. Oh, this is happening. Yeah. The Tabernacle wait, podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Should there be some sort of drum roll? Yeah. No, no, no. Dig it, dig it, dig it. I don't want to play drums. All right, sorry. Go. Coming 2022, the Tabernacle podcast will officially be available on YouTube as also a vodcast. So you're kidding me. Yeah. If you aren't if you aren't sick of John and I's faces yet, we found another way for you to get to see him in midweek. So we're gonna have to like take a shower before we come. Yeah, I know. No more sweats. We're both in sweatpants I'm right in now. sweatpants right now. I was kind of encouraged today. Like, Who oh. approved this? Huh? Who approved this? It doesn't matter. It's our podcast. We do what we want. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Wow. All the bosses. All the bosses. All the bosses. And then So I, is it gonna be in color or is it going to be in black and white? Still to be determined. I think, yeah, you know what I think. Yeah. Black and white yeah. adds to the Makes drama. Makes it edgy and cool. A little edgy and cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Tabernacle Podcast will be live on YouTube uh, sometime in 2022, early 2022, so keep an eye out on that. We're excited about it. It's going to be a really cool platform. Uh, I know I really appreciate watching podcasts in that way um, when I'm not driving because I'm weird. I don't know, but it's a cool thing that people are doing. We've got an official, f- is he 14 now? He's 14. We have a 14-year-old that's going to be producing that podcast, so pumped about that. And uh, Is he a deer slayer? He is. Am I related to him? You are. Ah, well done. He has done. 14 names. 14 names? <laughs> what about this book right yeah, here? Is check it, it is, out. Can we put this book in the show notes? Yep, show notes. There will be a link to buy this book um, in the show notes. It's called Rediscover Church, Why the Body of Christ is Essential. It's by uh, Colin Hansen and Jonathan Lehman. So and really it, it, well done by Crossway. Here's um, the here's the here's the table of contents, and this is a great read. It's a yeah. short read. It's a great read, yep. and it's a hundred percent biblical. It's uh, what is a church? Who can belong to a church? The 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 chapter we were riffing off of is: Do we really need to gather? I like this one, chapter four, not just because it's my job and your job. Yep. It's why are preaching and teaching central? And that's a whole nother podcast because yep. there's a lot I'm do. We've had people before. It's like, why do we have to have so much talking? Why can't yeah. <laughs> we just sing, have a, have a singling the whole time preaching and teaching are central. So, uh, and, and then, you know, why church membership is important. Uh, uh, how do we love people on the outside church discipline? It is an edgy book yeah. because it's, a biblical book, yep. and it, and it doesn't just give you gospel light. Yeah. So highly it's recommend. Really well it. done. Uh, Crossway is a great publishing organization. Uh, I trust them a lot with a lot of the things that they push out. So that's right. Highly recommend. That'll be in the show notes. And uh, Tab family, we love you. And uh, until next time, this is John and Britton signing off. Mm-hmm.